You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, this is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast, where we answer real questions that we deal with in real life. And today, yes, today, we've got a good episode for you today. Hopefully, you feel that way about all of them. Hopefully, you're like, man, these are some of the best episodes I've seen on the internet. Appreciate it. And if you do feel that way, go ahead over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, go ahead and rate that and say, Five star. Hey, this guy is awesome. The Lord fills my spirit every time we hear the podcast. <laughs> All right. But uh, make sure you tell the truth. Uh, but um, looking forward to what we're going to be talking about today, because if you're like me, you know, you've been told to, hey, you need to read your Bible. You should be reading your Bible. Well, today we're going to get into what and how to read your Bible in real life. And today I'm bringing on a very special guest. Yes, this is the first guest actually of the uh, Bible in Real Life podcast. One of my good friends, well, a smart dude, solid brother in the word, and just an all around good guy. So I'm going to bring on to you none other than Mr. Fitz Criddle. Hello, sir. Hello, Lee. How are you? I am doing well. I am super excited. You you can um, feel free to, to tell me to calm down, chill out, relax a little bit. But when we get to talking oh, keep, about keep the, the energy high, keep the energy high. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to talking about the Bible and when we get together. So, um, So tonight, you guys are kind of going to be able to listen in as me and Elder Fitz kind of talk to each other and um, kind of a a backdoor into kind of how our conversations go a lot of the times. So, um, hey, man, how's your week? How's your day? What's going on? Oh, man, it's going well. I didn't have too busy a day. Um, As you know, we normally are doing something else this time of day (laughs) for the past several weeks. So it's nice to have a free evening uh, back to ourselves once again. So uh, it's been a it's been a good day, a good day to kind of decompress, uh, relax a little bit, kind of reflect on uh, all the things we've been involved with, you know, ministry related over the past several weeks. Absolutely. And what he's referring to is a class that that we taught together, an Old Testament survey class, me and uh, uh, Fitz uh, have been teaching. So good stuff. And yes, an opportunity to kind of decompress, recap. Um, I remember um, uh, when you spoke last time you ministered, you did a shout out you know, to the classmates and people that were mm-hmm. in the class. So they were super excited about that. So that was cool. That was real cool. They just, I mean, at the, at the least, they deserve, you know, some kudos for their consistency, their faithfulness, their perseverance. The whole Testament is not easy to get through all of the books as well as all of the background information, archaeology, and all the timelines, the plot lines, the storylines, the prophets, the law. It's a lot. And they were there week after week after week being engaged. And we gave them quizzes and exams, you know. So no, not everybody participated, but <laughs> and we had some 
uh, outspoken, you know, students regarding those quizzes, praise the Lord. But anyway, <laughs> it was always fun. And, uh, you know, I think we really bonded. It felt like family. We prayed together, encouraged each other. The Lord showed up so many times and uh, it was all done virtually. And God still moved no matter, you know, when we got together in person, via Zoom, whatever, God just manages to show up for his people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, kind of about what we're talking about today, whenever you get time to spend in the word and whether it's with other believers or just with you and God, he tends to show up. Right. God is there. He fulfills his word. And um, so that's why I brought him on the podcast today, because if if there's somebody I know that's in their word. OK. <laughs> and, and I mean, um, we last time we ministered, he went and took us from from uh, the diaspora to to the testimony and Paul. So listen, this is one that I highly recommend um, that you make sure you follow him on Instagram. Um, it's it, uh, at, at Fitzcriddle. At, at Elder Fitz. At Elder Fitz. Yes. You know, so if you want to continue, you know, the conversation after here is a good thing. But I want to get into um, more of it. So like you mentioned, we're reading the Old Testament. And, you know, I've, I've been talking to family members and friends and then just people preparing for the podcast. And, you know, I'm realizing not everybody is in the word in real life. And I did a little Google search, you know, whenever you got a question, you ask the little G. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> the little G. So I went to Google and I did a search, um, a quick question. Um, 10 reasons why people don't read their Bible regularly, right? So we're going to go through their list. But before I go to their list, Elder Fitz, if you had to, if you had to think of a reason uh, one reason, what what do you think would, would be on this list or would be on your list? Uh, I think one of the things I would check is what is your relationship with Jesus Christ like? Uh, mm -hmm. Are you really, um, are you, what's your prayer life like? What is your church attendance like? Uh, what is your worship? What is your giving like? Are you, um, uh, intimate and communing with the Lord, because when I got saved and I knew I was saved for real, I had a appetite for the word of God that was just couldn't be quenched. I just read, read the Bible just constantly. And I think one of the things that God does is when he, the Holy spirit indwells us is that he begins to illuminate the importance of his word and his scripture. So I would, I would start with your relationship with Christ. You know, is are you on a found firm foundation? You know, is there church hurt involved? You know, have you been mm. part of ministries that may have misled you? Right. Uh, you know, you may have you have are you in a backslidden what we call backsliding, you know, a backslidden condition right now where you're kind of maybe out of fellowship. So because right. let's start with the relationship, because the one thing we know that happens in marriages, one of the things that break down and when couples begin to drift apart is there is a communication breakdown. Mm. 
God has given us his word. It's how he speaks to us. That's how he challenges us. That's how he convicts us. And that's how we are edified and grow. And you, without the word and without constantly reading the word, with that communication breakdown, right. that means the relationship is going to suffer. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. This is why. This is why I have my brother on here. Um, but that's such a good point. And I, and I think in many cases that that leads to some of the heart of the matter, right? I was when I was deployed, right? During my deployment, uh, me and my fiance then wife now, well, um, courting person then, whatever. Um, we used to write these letters, right? And so we would, I don't remember if it was a movie or if it was a something we saw, but we got the idea of in a journal or in a book, I would write my letter in a book and then mail the book, right? With a picture or whatever, mm -hmm. and I mail the book. And then she would write something and then mail the book back. So it kind of kept going back and forth, you know, and I know whenever the book came back or whenever the little album thing came back, I'd be looking, you know, Oh, look, she, she put the little heart over the, over the uh, little eye and all this. Wait a minute. Ain't no heart over this. eye. what, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> we can't put two hearts, you know, on all the eyes. So, and, um, but if I, if I wasn't excited about the message that we received, then we would have to question the relationship or at least ask myself, hey, am I, um, you know, uh, am I still in, um, interested? You know, am I, mm -hmm. is the relationship, you know, starting to, to, to wither? Sizzle? No, sizzle is good. Wither. Fizzle. Fizzle. Yeah. <laughs> starting to, starting to, starting to wane a little bit, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so that's a very good place to start. Uh, I did a, in my Google search, I saw a couple. One is um, uh, 10 things they said. Number one was, uh, hey, I don't have time. Right. Have you ever heard that? Anybody say, oh, I ain't got time. You know, I would love that's, to read yeah. my Bible. That's a real thing in a hectic, fast-paced society. Hmm. Um, but I, once again, you make time for what you feel is important. Whatever you prioritize, yeah, you have. You, it's amazing how much time you have when there's something important to you that you're passionate about. Uh, you can squeeze into your day, right. or you will adjust. And uh, I was listening to, I think it was a book, and they were talking about time management, and they were saying. Track every, you know, minute of your day. Okay. If you track every minute of your day, you'll be amazed how much time you had to accomplish more. You know, and so their recommendation is in order to be more effective, have a schedule or a calendar or whatever it is you would use reminders that tracks every waking hour of your day. And you will be amazed how much you can get accomplished. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how much uh, how much time were you on YouTube? How much time were you playing video right. games? How much right. time were you on social media? Yeah, those are things that eat away moments. 
Yeah, that's good. And I think that's the thing where the enemy has gotten subtle at. He okay. is eating away at our moments. Mm-hmm. Those things we can be more engaging with family. Right. Uh, studying, you're reading your Bible, right? Yeah. Writing your book, producing your content or whatever it is, you know, you know, feeding the homeless, whatever it is that you think you don't have time to do. Oftentimes I will look at time management and see how many moments out of my day is being stolen or, or am I just giving it away? Right. I, hey, I do it. Hey, and sometimes you got to relax, right? We all have yeah. to decompress right. because you know, like I said, we've been studying a lot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching a movie tomorrow night. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, had, I hadn't seen a movie. So I don't know how long all me right. and my wife go out to dinner this Saturday, you know, and just, okay. uh, you know, go to one of my favorite spots and just, uh, you know, so we need those times, those moments of refreshing, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I think we have more time available to, to read the Bible if we make it a priority. So true, so true. You know, <clears throat> no one in history has ever been able to get more time. Well, except for maybe in Joshua, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> but, yeah, when he stopped the sun, right? When he stopped the sun, <laughs> right, right, right. He might've got, you know, might got a little more time. But other than that, we got to work within 24 hours. And sometime I will read about these, you know, um, these old evangelists that would spend hours and hours, you know, of, of just like, hey, I can't go in front of my day without spending time with God. Um, others say, mm-hmm. hey, I don't know where to start. You know, hey, I would um, I would be reading my Bible, but I'm not sure where to start. What, what do you think about that? reason uh valid i think that's a, i think that is a valid concern because you know like i said as a new believer you know just giving my life to christ in my you know, early 20s i had the same question so okay. i started at the beginning of the book genesis i just started reading there right i had no guidance you know i didn't i didn't take a new members class you know okay. so i felt kind of on an island yeah i was going to church and so oftentimes a good place to start, you know, if you're in a good Bible teaching church, start with the sermons that you hear. Whatever the scriptures are, take note of those, write those down, study those, and then keep, and so that's a way to kind of build up, number one, a habit mm-hmm. and some direction. You know, does your church or ministry offer classes? Are there new member classes? how to study God's word class, you know? So there, and hey, look, we live in the information age. (laughs) There is, you can go, there's some good Christian YouTubers. Okay. Churches are streaming. There are pastors and evangelists and all kind of great content out there. Uh, You have to be judicious. Not everything is uh, for you. Right. But pray and ask God and seek, God and his spirit, because I believe the Holy Spirit will guide you and where he would have you to start. Absolutely. Uh, so that's kind of what I would, that's what I would do. And that's, that's so good. So um, you, if you are a listener of the, um, the Bible in real life podcast, you might hear um, that nugget again in future episodes where, <laughs> when I say start with where at your church, like where the ministry is, you know, that is so good because now I can continue and there's a frame of reference or that's, that's a good place to start, man. That's good. Um, (laughs) okay. Um, 
Um, you don't have to put your hand up in the audience. Those listening by the radio, you don't have to put your hand up on this one. But some people say, you know, them other people say sometimes uh, the reason they don't read the Bible is whenever they start reading, they get sleepy. Right. <laughs> you know? um, uh, and and what do you, what do you say to that? Uh, I have my ideas, but what what do you say to that? Uh, well, first of all, you know, we all do have certain habits and lifestyles. Okay. So, for example, if it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to read Leviticus, I'm not going to get very far. Right. Right. I got to have a cup of co a coffee or two. And it has to be about seven o'clock in the morning because I have to be just bright eyed and bushy tail. <laughs> so I would look at, you know, if you are falling asleep or getting sleepy reading scripture, obviously, I mean, that's something to do with your body, right? That's something mm -hmm. to do with how the clock works in you. So just make sure you structure your study times around those times where you aren't have a tendency to go to sleep. Are you laying down while trying right. to study the Bible? You know, right. are you, you know, so for example, for me, the early part of the day is my best study time. Mm. From the time I get up, to about 12 noon, you know, depending on what's going on that particular day. Those are my high productive days or, okay. or productive hours. Hours. Mm -hmm. So I know that about me. You know, to that own self be true. You got to know you. And that's know exactly, your sleep habits. Yeah, no, exactly, that's exactly you've got to know who you, oh. <laughs> Yeah, you got to know yourself. And that's you got exactly, to know yourself. That's exactly. There are you kind of know when um, you know, when you're sharp. You know, I know for me mm -hmm. in the morning, I'm sharp till about 11, right? And then, so if my meetings, I'm having meetings and stuff before 11 o'clock, where I got to be thinking, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and then, hey, there's that kind of stuff that don't take as much brain power. You know, I can get those around the lunchtime. And I don't know, there's like a, there's like a finish strong or whatever, like toward the end. So around three thirty, four o'clock, there's like another wrap up where I'm, where I'm really focused. Now, I don't, you know, um, my point is knowing when you are at your best. And I think mm. one of the reasons we're falling asleep is we're trying to give God when we're not at our best. Right. Yeah. What's left? You know, we're giving left? God what's left of our day. Yes. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to do this. Okay. Let me do it now while I'm laying down, you know, after a long day. You know, uh, there was a, it's funny. Who is it? Esther? I think it's Esther, where a king couldn't sleep. Right. So the king couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And he goes and he actually says, Hey, take out the chronicle, take out the book of Chronicles. It wasn't the Bible book of Chronicles, but his chronicles, like these, these things, he said, maybe these will put me to sleep. <laughs> right. Um, so we don't <laughs> want the Bible to be your, your, Hey, you know what? I'm a little restless. Maybe this put me to sleep. Right. Uh, number seven. Oh, okay. Some say the reason they're, they're not reading the Bible is the Bible's too confusing. The Bible's too confusing. Now, now we really, I, we're going to touch on that a little bit later. So we'll we'll kind of park that one. Hey, if the Bible is confusing, uh, what we get into a little later, I think will help um, if I feel like the Bible is, is, is being a little confusing. Um, I never get anything out of it. Hey, I would read the Bible, but I, I don't really get anything out of it. Every time I opened up the Bible, 
Mm. You know, I always have a manager to get something out of it unless I'm reading one of those long genealogies. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's hard to get a whole lot out of genealogies okay. unless you're doing research and historical background and mm -hmm. you're looking for something specific. Uh, so once again, you know, I think it depends on what is your level of maturity, because I mm -hmm. think, hey, I sat down, and read the Bible, you know, years ago when I first started. I didn't seem to get a whole lot out of it either, but I was very spiritually immature. Mm. So I would say have patience with yourself, particularly if you're a new believer uh, and you're just now getting into the word. Uh, it can be confusing. We'll, you know, we'll talk about translations and you, know, yep. you have to sort kind of through that. But the one thing I would say is give yourself a break, give yourself a little bit of grace, give yourself some time and just continue to stick with it. And I probably would stay in the New Testament. You know, one of the common books new believers are to read is the book of John, because it mm -hmm. talks about Christ and his divinity. I would, I would definitely would not start in the Old Testament, um, because that's going to be a little bit deeper dive. Start somewhere in the Gospels, one of Paul's letters. I think those are easier digestible. Right. Uh, for those who say, hey, I don't get I just don't get anything out of it. Now, if you just don't get anything and you've tried over a period of time, once again, let's go back to that relationship. Mm. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit within us. Right. He illuminates God's word. Right. Right? He brings things to our remembrance. And so uh, as Christians, we should always get something out of God's word. And if someone says, I don't ever get anything, then I'm wondering, are you saved for real? Uh oh, uh oh. You know what? And and just to just to park on it a little bit longer, the <clears throat> sometimes when people will say, "Hey, I didn't get anything out of it," sometimes they're looking for this this deep theological, you know, super revelatory thing, right? Um, yeah, the, you know, I was I was looking at an example where uh, I think the example was like Exodus. You know, um, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all that. No, um, <laughs> thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? Exodus 20. And, you know, they're like, oh, I was, I'm looking for something. And I was like, hey, God saying I need to be number one, right? Don't put anything before, you mm -hmm. know. So sometimes a person, they're looking for something instead of seeing what's there. One of the things we talk yes. about in in how to study the Bible and different things is just slow down and read what it says. Because when you just stop and read what it says in your language, I speak English, then you start to see, oh, wow, that's profound in its simplicity sometimes. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that's that, you know, need to be said. So no, that's a good point. OK, well, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Oh, yes, oh, because, oh. like I say, yeah, we don't add the meaning to the text. We right. discover the meaning. And if you go into it with this, and we talk about this presuppositions, mm -hmm. uh, you already you have something in mind you're already looking for. Right. You know, that can skew what you're I've done it before. I think we've all probably been there. Yeah. You're going yeah. through a trial, a tribulation, you need to answer, you're confused. So I need an answer regarding taking this job. So I'm going to search the Bible and I'm going to find an answer whether I should take this job and move to Oregon. 
and you're right. searching through the scriptures and you can't find it and say this Bible don't have the answers mm. because mm. the Bible's not designed to tell you necessarily what job to take. Right, right. Which, so, what you should be looking for is God's will. What is God's will for my life? <laughs> there it is. We, we, one of the biggest aha moments from our times that we spent in teaching the Old Testament survey class was this idea of the, the plot line, right? So instead of going into Bible reading, hey, what do I get out of this? When we go to and say, what is God doing in this, mm -hmm. right? Because now it's like, oh, okay, I see God moving in this situation. Or what? how do I see what God is up to? Because now um, having a better understanding of who God is, right really allows that relationship to grow because it's hard to have a relationship with someone you don't you don't know so instead of going in hey i didn't i didn't get anything out of it you know well by observing what god is doing and how god is moving even in leviticus or in joshua or in judges and different ones you start to see okay um well i see what god is doing and that is important very good very good. Mm -hmm. um, there are contradictions in the Bible. You know, the Bible, there's so many, you know, contradictions. That's why oh, I would read it. But, you know, I heard there's all these contradictions. What, what do we say to that? Well, yeah, and there are some verses that appear to you know, contradict each other, you know. Uh, but if you've ever studied, you know, biblical doctrine, uh, they kind of explain those. It says, and there are some mysteries. Right. Look, there are mysteries in God's word that we're never really going to fully understand. You know, how do you explain the three in one God? The right. Trinity, right, is we cannot fully grasp that. You know, God is above us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So the problem is never with the original manuscripts. Correct. They are divine and they are without error. Now, what we read today are translations from those original manuscripts. So we have a layer in between what was originally written and what we read today. Um, but most of those that people say are contradictions, sometimes deeper study, um, historical literary context, looking more deeper at some of the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic words may help you know, give us a better understanding to help resolve those few. Right. <laughs> not like right. half the Bible is contradictory. Usually right? what it's I do is these few. I tell people, I said, okay, um, bring them, you know, let's, let's talk about them. Bring your list of contradictions and we can kind of discuss. Bring me five of them. We can kind of, kind of go through it. And what I found more times than not is that's something they heard, you know, they couldn't mm -hmm. pinpoint, well, here is the, you know, uh, the, the seeming contradiction or whatever. So um, for those that, that, like you said, when they go to earnestly seek and really study it out, you start to see, oh, okay, one was written from another perspective, you know? So mm -hmm. these things, you know, or, or, there was a reason why this, you know, editor or whatever, you know, scribe did this way. But I think, I think too many times we're making an excuse, right? 
Hey, mm-hmm. that, oh, can't yes. trust everything in the Bible. Well, which part you can't trust? Well, I, I ain't read it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually <laughs> read it, but that's what I heard somebody said on a uh, on another podcast, right? So, um, what about the Bible's boring? Hey, I would read the Bible, you know, but the Bible really, you know, it's just, it's an ancient book. It's it's kind of boring. It is an ancient book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the greatest selling book. And right. yes, it has been around for thousands of years. And it is very dramatic. I mean, if you just read through David, if you want drama, right? if you want excitement, right. start with David's story. Mm. First Second Samuel. Read, read through those and find out how boring those are. You know, read the life of Jacob. You know, read mm. the life of uh, Abraham. You know, there are... You know, and of course, Paul had just an extraordinary life. Right. The life of Jesus, of course, was amazing. Yes. You know, so Job, you know, if you want to talk about someone who went through it from the very beginning, somebody who lost his children and his property and his health, and he's right. sitting there in sackcloth and ashes because God allowed the devil to attack his body. So, you know, what is your anticipation towards the scripture that's you know good. are you looking at, you know what there's something rich in here that's my attitude i look at this i said there's something rich in here there is something right. that can change my life there is something that can speak to my heart and so i go into it with this intensive anticipation you know it's like watching mm-hmm. a good movie trailer you see a good movie trailer so i was watching one today uh I think it's something come out in January. I said, man, I got to go see that. You know, <laughs> right, so you right. already build this anticipation. That's so, good. That's you know, like good. I said, once again, through our relationship with God, I right. think I go into the Bible's anticipating. You know, sometimes they say, you know, you only get what you expect. If That's you good. go into the Bible expecting, I'm not going to find anything. It's going to take me two days to read through a chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's boring. Look, you're going to get what you expect. But if you change your mindset right. and pray and ask the Holy Spirit you know, to reveal things in this text, I believe you can turn that kind of attitude around. Outstanding. Man, I'm, I'm getting excited talking about the Bible, <laughs> right? Um, but but I, that's, so, that's such a good point. You need to, um, when you're going into it, you know, the Bible says, I behold wondrous things out of thy law. So when you approach the Bible, like, hey, you know what? This is going, this is life-changing material here. This is God's word. Um, then I'm expecting it to be a expecting it to be um life-changing. That's good. So uh <laughs> hey, I would read the Bible. One, but the one thing I don't read the Bible is, you know. You know, I I might have to change what I'm doing if I if I kind of you know read it. Ignorance is bliss, my friend. Ain't that in the Bible somewhere? Ignorance is bliss. Got to be in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Sound like a scripture. Sound like a scripture. <laughs> right. So what do we do is you know I might have to change, and I think that is the reality. Uh, and I don't think mm-hmm. it should. I don't think it should push you away um right you will change come on the bible teaches us truth the bible reproves us god's word corrects 
us. It mm-hmm. trains, it trains us. The right. Bible tells us in Romans that our mind should be renewed. Mm-hmm. We've gone through this world up to a point of conversion. Conversion. Right. There's a transformation that's supposed supposed to take place in the believer's heart. Yes, you are supposed to change. Right. You know, as part of it, God is trying to change us, you know, into his likeness. That's part of what he came to do to restore us back to righteousness. You know, before Adam and Eve sinned, they lived in complete holiness and they were righteous. When they sinned, they lost their righteous standing and fell into sin. And so, yes, the, if <laughs> right. you don't want to be changed, yeah, don't read the Bible then. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, we are being a, conformed to the image right. of His Son, so that we can be the first renewed one day by day. Brother, absolutely, absolutely. So, so they got that one right, right. Hey, if hey, yeah. I might have to change. Well, <laughs> you will. Your your attitudes, yes. your actions, your lifestyle, your beliefs, all this, you know, being shaped and formed. But that's the goal, because I don't know about you. I know I'm not perfect. So so the the ability to change for the better is a welcomed opportunity. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that is amen. Yeah. What does it say in Second Timothy 3.16? If there needs to be some changes <laughs> in this dude. So, oh. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, the, the spouse can point out those. <laughs> quickly <laughs> in a nanosecond right How will it yeah we, we don't we don't we don't need second timothy 316 you know <laughs> reproof correction for training in righteousness i right. just need to miss this you'll, you'll tell me quick exactly <laughs> uh, that's funny that's funny you know what i i another one on the list was um i will read my bible but <clears throat> i get i i forget you know or i get distracted you know and and uh, what would you say to that? I, I got a couple thoughts, but I want to hear. Yeah, I mean, once again, that's I th- that's another real concern. You know, we do. You know, you work full time. You may be married. You may have children. You may be operating a business. You may be operating a church. Mm-hmm. You know, and having to deal with budgets, right, and staff, and you know, technology and a building program. And so I think there are things that we can go through where we can sort of lose sight of of reading the Bible and and studying his word. I think that's a real thing. I go through that as well at times. For me, it's about having if I have a reading program, if I have a regiment Mm -hmm. and I keep a reminder. And also I use the uh, the Logos Bible app. And so in the Logos Bible app, whenever you put in a reading plan, you can get a reminder. Right. You know, and so and you keep track, let you know if you're behind, you know, so uh, use um, a reminder application on your device that gives you yeah. a pop up, a reminder, yeah. something that keeps that before you on a consistent basis. So I think you're going to once again know yourself. Right. Right. So, uh, people who are absent minded and forgetful. Look, you've got to put it in your schedule. Funny story. OK. I was talking to somebody today who operates a business. And they get up and they spend a couple of hours every day studying God's word. And they got caught up in their business and started to eat away at their time with God. Okay. And suddenly their business started to drop off. Uh Uh-oh. And say, you know what? 
because they start taking the busyness of running the business during their Bible study times in the morning. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they stop doing it. They recommit it back to their time with God and in his word and their business began to pick back up. Uh oh. Oh, amen. Uh oh. Somebody, <laughs> somebody <laughs> is saying, that's a word for somebody right, right there. Right. <laughs> somebody <laughs> said, well, a couple of responses. Somebody saying, out. And somebody said, you know what? <laughs> let me get back to, uh, let me remember my first love. Let me get, that's <laughs> let right. Let me get back to where I'm supposed to be. And that's so true. I have, once, once I began to identify, you know, prime times in my schedule, you know, where I'm alert, awake. So calendars or your apps or, um, you know how when you set an appointment and it says how often you want to repeat it, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, repeat it until 2000, you know, 30, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or there's one out who was like forever, right? So this thing pops up, hey, uh, Bible time, you know, hey, did you read? Mm-hmm. So it's this constant reminder that just pops up because I was talking to my daughter today and we were talking about, um, let's say the shortest pencil, the longest brain. The idea is a, the short pencil is better than the longest memory or whatever. So um, mm-hmm. documenting, writing it down, you know, putting yes. these little reminders in place so that, oh, you know what? Wait a minute. I just got alerted. That's right. Um, I almost got distracted from what I what I need to do, especially until it becomes a habit. And then once it becomes a habit, but still having that reminder because it keeps us in check. My mom used to say the Bible is the only book important enough to read every day. Right. So yes. get it in. And then uh, number one was, and this might be a good jumping off point to the second half of the interview. Um, <clears throat> I'm not smart enough, right? Hey, um, you know, hey, I don't have a a background in theology. I don't have all of these, um, what well, maybe or feel like I don't have the background to understand the Bible, right? So uh, the good news is, you know, it's, it's not in Greek and Hebrew anymore, people, right? <laughs> um, and and so that'll be a good jumping off point because the second half of this interview, I really want to talk about um, translations, right? Many times people ask, how should I read the Bible? Okay, you got me, Lee. You got me. You got me, Fitz. I, I need to be reading. I need to be reading. So... What translation should I be reading, right? Where should um, I look? So I have here, um, I have, this is, you know, when you when you really say, no, I'm, I'm joking. But, <laughs> um, you know, where, where they got the, it's gold, where it kind of glow, it kind of glitter. Um, so I got my, my King James, my Thompson chain Bible right here. Um, I got a I got a study Bible here where this is the uh, what was this somebody gave me MacArthur study Bible. I got the NIV Bible here, so it's like, hey, you know, I always used to, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm just old school, but you know, I'd be like, which one really looked like a Bible? Like this one kind of looked like like what the preacher <laughs> said. This one looked like it's got authority in it, right? versus some of the ones I was like it's a paperback what I do with that yeah paperback um, yeah that's no yeah. anointing on a paperback 
Right, right. All these red, these false. It's just hey, you know, it ain't even red on the side. I don't see no red letters, nothing. So, um, we want to get into um, number one, some of the differences between um, translations and some of the differences between the types of Bible. Because I mentioned Thompson Chain, I mentioned Study Bibles. So the first thing we'll do is. Um, let's talk about uh, translations, right? So, Elder Fitz, <clears throat> what, what, how would you explain the the difference in translations uh, of of the Bible? Yeah, and I, and I think it starts with defining translation. Okay, you know, because growing up, it was the King James. And that was it. I didn't even know there were other versions of the Bible till I was like 20 something. I'm like, what? NIV? What is, you know, other than, I you know, the New King James, right? New King James. So yeah, yeah. there was no, yeah, there was no instruction about the Bible itself. It's funny, we study a book, but it would behoove you to study how that book was composed. How, how did we get hmm. our English translations? You know, mm -hmm. so it starts with knowing that the original language that these you know, scriptures were written in were in Hebrew for your Old Testament. And of course, there's some Aramaic and Greek for your New Testament. So we have to start there. Now, okay. who here can read and speak Hebrew? No, nobody who here. I'm sure somebody in the world can, but <laughs> <laughs> who can speak Greek? Right. We don't. Most of us in the U.S., you know, we're not uh, unless you are you know, from Israel or the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, don't speak those languages. So guess what? There are scholars who came up and said, you know what? We need this in English. And so they began to take Hebrew and Greek words to translate the Bible into English. And if you ever studied a foreign language, I remember taking Spanish, you know, in school. Okay. Sometimes the words aren't necessarily one for one. That's or good. one word in one language can have a variety of meanings in one and that same word in another language there may be only one. Mm -hmm. So the the objective of translation is very difficult. So what we read are translations from the original language. And one of the first no, translations was no, the King James. No, mm -hmm. I um respectfully disagree because um <laughs> I heard that the Bible that Jesus read was the King James, right? That's what the, the preacher told me. He said, this is the Lord's Bible. And it was a King James. And I said, I said, excuse me, sir. Um, uh, the, the, the King James authorized, I believe in 1611, right? Yeah. Check the birth records. So that, that I think, you know, that's a couple of years after, after Jesus was on the earth, just, just to be clear, but you know, I'm, I'm joking, but at the same time, you know, people got so, um, so adamant about this mm. version, this translation, because I was like, either way, the Bible that Jesus read, you know, this, the, the Torah, the law that he read wasn't in English mm -hmm. anyway. Nope. So, so, uh, sir, you are sadly mistaken. You know, now if you're, if you're reading from the Torah, then we could say here is, but. Uh, I just wanted to highlight that for the audience that 
the Bible, like you said, the Bibles we read today are in English, right? The original writers, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, everything else is a translation of that. Um, and then just to kind of double click, you mentioned, you mentioned a, I think you talked about a literal translation or did you, or word for word, I think was the, was the language you used. Um, so are there different approaches to how these translators will will translate from the original language? Yes, there are different approaches um, because the translation the translators are trying to make sure that we understand God's word. And so normally you have these committees. Okay. These committees come together and they have to make a decision. Is our objective is to create an English translation as close to the original language as possible or is our objective is to get close but we're going to lean more towards contemporary language or are we going to lean heavily on contemporary language and we're going to use more of how we speak today and still you know we want to kind of keep the meeting but we're going to use our current everyday uh language so Yes, yeah, so that is what we call word for word, or you know, someone say more formal. So your more formal, your word for word English translations, their objective is to stay true to the original text, but still communicate the meaning. Okay. There is no perfect word for word translation right. because Greek is different than English. Hebrew is different. They're, they're not a one-to-one -one match. So the objective is just to stay close as possible, like the King James, the New King James, the ESV Bible. Uh, you can go online and you can look Bible translations and you'll see these charts. Right. You know, so it's a good idea to understand what those charts mean when it talks about word for word. Those that are thought for thought. So mm -hmm. we're kind of drifting away from the hardcore, hey, we're going to keep it to the Hebrew and to the Greek. And then, right. of course, we have our more um, paraphrase uh, or revisions. So I'm going to, uh, I found a chart and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you're watching the video, I'm going to share one of those charts on the screen just to kind of give us a little bit of a... Um, here was one, and it mentioned the um, <clears throat> uh, there, there are some that lend more toward the word for word, right? Your your ESV, your New American Standard, your Revised Standard Version, the King James, New King James, you know, are more of that, like Elder Fitz talking about, like uh, Fitz talking about you know, that dynamic equivalency or word for word or formal, you'll see different names for it. Um, and then there's that thought for thought, right? That thought for thought where, um, because I, you know, I did my two years of Spanish because you had to, you know, you needed a foreign language, right? And sometimes I would say, hey, what's this word mean in English? And it's like, well, that's not kind of how do you say the word if there's more here's the concept here's the idea that you're trying to to say and so this is a list of you know your new american your new american bible your new international version 
your new century, your new living translation tend to be more in the thought for thought. And uh, like, like uh, Fitz mentioned, there is this kind of spectrum, you know, some, even in the thought for thought, there is kind of this spectrum. And then you have those that are a paraphrase. So here we have, it talks about the message Bible or the living Bible or the contemporary English version. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on um, paraphrases and do they have yep. a place uh, in study? I say, I'd say the paraphrase Bibles do have a place because um, as far as I know, and this is really based on you know, listening to other translators and scholars or into this kind of uh, idea, okay. there aren't any Bibles, any English Bibles that are just heretical. I mean, they are just so far off that they'll lead you, you know, <laughs> down the wrong road. They'll lead you to New Age movement or something, you know. So there's, there's, I don't think we have any Bibles that are, are quite that far off. Okay. Um, I would see a paraphrased Bible as your more casual reader. Reader, You're more, hey, I'm new to this mm. and I need something that I can understand kind of right away. Right. Believe me, if I would have known about the New Living Translation yes. or the CSB, mm. I would have started there. And I think I would have gotten further quicker. Okay. And so I do believe that there is a translation for everybody. God had his word written mm. because he wants us to understand it. I mean, we wouldn't have a Bible if God didn't want us to understand it. That's good. He, God wants you to understand his word. And translations are not a bad thing. They're an awesome thing. And so um, paraphrases aren't my preference. I go as far as the New Living Translation. That's about also on that chart, on that okay. spectrum. That is about as far as I will go. And it's where I will casually read. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? I want another perspective. Right. You know, I'll, I'll read the ESV or I'll read the NIV, King James. I'll say, you know what? Let's see what the, you know, how do those translators, how do they see that particular text? And that has been very helpful, very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, I really love doing that. Man, that really, had, really opened my eyes. Because the one thing we have to understand, all the translators have a perspective. Mm -hmm. They have an agenda. So every translation approaches scripture with a different agenda. And I think it's a good balance sometimes to read other translations. Now, I don't go far to the right or right. over to the paraphrase mm -hmm. um, because for me, accuracy is and context is of utmost importance. Okay. And just so your readers, just for those who listen to this podcast, once you get over into the more paraphrased translations, they're also interpreting the text for you. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So I, yes. I have, um, but I, when I came up or in my, you know, background, there was always the emphasis on the word for word. So this has been a, Mm -hmm. a growth approach for me as well, because 
there was always this emphasis on dynamic word for word literal translations right and for for fun somebody if you care for fun there is a translation called the young's literal bible the ylb and if you ever want to try to read a sentence that is um from the young's literal bible you start to see wait a minute that sentence seems out of order the subject is not in front of the verb. So I said, okay, wait a minute. This is, um, there needs to be English rules um, and English grammar applied to it in translation to make translation make sense in many responses. So uh, so I have been really growing in this area and Elder Fitz and others and different things I've read has really helped me see that there are quality translations that um, uh, after the King James, right? Some of these newer ones that uh, apply a little bit more of the language. And um, the one thing I learned about the King James, and I love the King James. If you ever hear me quoting, I'm quoting the King James because that's the Bible you learned, right? Um, so I, I love it. And I continue to, like when I hear something, I'll be like, oh, what does it say in the King James? Because that's then I'll have a frame of reference for it. Um, so that word for word was important, is important to me. But as I'm beginning to teach it um, uh, to those that may not have as strong a, a biblical background, right? Um, in your thought for thought, a little bit more of the, a little bit more of the helping with the thoughts you know, versus the word for word is applied to you. But here is, so let's, let's get into some specifics. Um, my, I, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to tell this story, but I'm going to share it because we keep it real at the, at the Bible in real life podcast. Right. So I took my daughter to a vacation Bible school, right? There's a, there's a little country church, little Baptist church, nice little church right around the corner from my house. And they were having a vacation Bible school. I said, hey, let's go to vacation Bible school. We went to vacation Bible school and my daughter came back and she said, dad, you know, I didn't get no points today. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't get points? She said, I didn't bring a Bible, you know, because, you know, at the little school, you get little points, you, you get a ticket or whatever. If you bring your Bible or, you know, your memory verse and that type of stuff. She was like, I didn't get any points because you didn't send me with a Bible. And I was like, oh, man. But then I realized that my youngest daughter didn't have her own Bible, right? And I was like, you know what? Now, to be fair, she just started reading. Like, I'd be like, you're reading now, right? So it ain't like she's been reading for seven years and don't have a Bible. But I said, okay, now that you're able to read, we really got to pick you a Bible. Let's, let's, let's go on the, on the Googles. Let's go to the internet and pick a Bible. And that's when it became a, a lot real to me. I was like, am I going to get my seven, eight-year-old a King James and expect her to be reading tomorrow? You know, um, hey, hey, I got you a little shiny King James Bible. You know, tomorrow morning, we're going to have Bible study, right? And I say, oh, man, now someone that doesn't have the same background, someone that doesn't have the same, you know, you know, love for language, you know, because there's a beauty. I think there's a beauty in in the King James. Anyway, so we went looking and 
I started looking in my NIV. I started looking and we actually found uh, a version. And so we end up getting a little cute little um, ESV, my creative Bible. And it got like little pictures and stuff they can draw and that type of stuff. But it really forced me to say, okay, um, there are different translations for where different people are in their walk or understanding or um, command of the English language, right? So for children, do you have any references or preferences or recommendations for, for children? You know, do you have any recommendations for maybe teens? What um, versions they should be looking at? Yeah, for teens and for younger, the younger generations, uh, definitely starting probably in that thought for thought sort of mm -hmm. range uh, mm -hmm. and all the way probably more over towards the left. Yep. Um, hey, if you have, because one of the things that we learned when in terms of recommending a translation is if, you're, if, you're, if English is your second language. Oh, right. Mm. So you have those who may English may be a second language, right? right? You have your teens, you have your uh, your youth. So I think those I think you want to have a translation that they can understand and not have to get, you know, start asking a whole lot of questions what all these words mean. And it's, it's right. complicated enough to read the Bible. But uh, yeah, I would start them off probably with the New Living Translation. I like mm -hmm. writing the New Living Translation. Every now and then, I'll, yep. I'll read something and yep. have to go check the ESV. <laughs> but the, <laughs> right. I like the NLT. Right. I yeah. like the NLT. Um, I've read it. You know, I, I, it's, it's part of my routine. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good translation. The CSB, uh, yeah. the Christian Standard Bible, that's a good translation as well. I would, I would recommend that one. Mm -hmm. If you are more urban, I mean, so the Message Bible was created for a more urban audience. Ah. And so I don't personally read it, but um, I have talked to some people who are more urban. They're younger, right? They're that hip hop generation per se. Okay. okay. Uh, I think that's something they would, would gravitate to. Because one thing that we've learned, mm. you don't have to stick to that same translation. Correct. As you grow. Right. As That's you good. grow in God's word, you'll begin to take steps and, and you'll begin to expand and to grow. I had to eventually evolve into the ESV translation. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like you. It was King James and that was it. Right. Right. So this it was a, there was a this has been a big growth area for me. And then I begin to realize that. So um I, in the military, I had a unit. So my unit was down in Miami and we were, we had Cubans and some Puerto Ricans, some Mexicans, some, um, you know, just in, in my unit, you know, so we, we were responsible for Central and South America, right? So we had a whole bunch of Spanish speakers. And I was like, wait a minute, this ain't even the same Spanish. I say between the Cubans, the Mexicans, Paraguay, Honduras, this is this is Spanish because there's similarities, but it's different. And so um, I began to appreciate, you know, autobus versus la Wawa for a bus. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, are we saying the same thing? 
So which one do I learn when I go talk to the people? And which one do I say when we go to the embassy, right? Or whatever. And and um, now one thing that I, I had that has become a habit is I have in logos, we use logo software a lot. Um, one of the layouts is all of the like all the ones that I have access to, you know, the 15, like it just says Bibles, right? And they're all linked together. So I look up one verse mm -hmm. and then on all the Bibles, or you do a, you know, a passage compare. Um, and even for some of you, you may say, hey, at my house, all I have is King James and stuff. So definitely invest in getting Bibles, but also online. There are, you know, biblehub.com, bible.com, you know, Bible Gateway. Are, are three places you can look where there's a list of translations and you can kind of see which one um, to start with. I was talking to uh, um, Fitz earlier. <laughs> um, and one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm reading through the Bible. I got a reading plan. I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And what I've been doing is I'll go through it each year in a different translation, right? So the first time I read through the Bible, it was King James, you know? So there were some parts, you know, just like, okay, supposed to keep reading, so we keep reading. But now, uh, this year, I went through it, and, you know, going through it, we're not done yet, in the ESV, you know? And then next year, I'm thinking about either NIV or New Living Translation. My wife goes, she's, she's doing the same reading plan, and she does the NIV. And so I was listening to the translator. I was like... Your guy don't sound like my guy. Who is this? She's like, oh, this is the NIV. I'm like, ah, okay. So my point is you begin to see the beauty of the different nuances um, that you see in God's word sometime by hearing how the thought for thought and the word for word and the different um, different translations. So hopefully, I know we, we talked through a lot today. I mean, so there are no excuses for why you shouldn't be reading the word because as we start the podcast off, um, Ms. Fitz, uh, Fitz start talking about your relationship, getting into God's word consistently will improve your relationship with God. And as a believer, our goal is to go from glory to glory that relationship, Bible says, he who, I got to quote the King James because it's so I know. <laughs> he who he, uh, whom he called, he justified. And who, oh, who he called, he predestined. Whom he predestined, he justified. And who he justified, he glorified. So you see that progression. And reading the Bible, renewing the mind is an important part in that transgression. Transgression. <laughs> in that progression <laughs> um so man this has been good you know i i knew having you on a podcast was going to be a, a a insightful conversation you know now i'm encouraged i i got some nuggets some notes that i'm taking away uh from the podcast and um uh is there anything you want to add to uh the conversation kind of and in closing, kind of wrapping up your thoughts for for this idea. Yeah, I do want to talk about a translation that I just recently discovered called the NET translation. 
Right? Really? It's called the New English Translation. The New English Translation. It's a brand new translation. And what's so fascinating about it, and, for, and this is a good translation for those who are scholars and teachers and preachers of the word. They actually have the translator notes in the Bible. So hmm. you can see how they translated a particular word right there in the text. So Logos has it, uh, okay. version has it. It is a fascinating Bible. It has, I think it has over 60,000 translator notes. It was a committee wow. of 25 scholars. Okay. Because remember, if you're going to translate a Bible, you need a Greek scholar mm. who knows the language and the culture, a mm. Hebrew scholar mm. knows the language and the cultures, Fact. English scholar. Yeah. So think of all the things involved in a translation. And so you need a committee. You know, to put this all over, the NET is fascinating because if you want a peek behind the covers, mm -hmm. take a look at the NET Bible. It's, okay. it, it has those, it has notes. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I've been, it's part of my arsenal as well. Now, I will say, I think I would recommend that for study, for deep study, okay. not casual reading, because all those little notations kind of they irritate you because they have a lot, a lot of notations <laughs> in that Bible. <laughs> it's not for casual reading. Right. But if you are, if you have to preach or teach the word of God and you want a deep study, mm. yeah, I highly recommend the NET translation. You know what you bring up? Yeah, I can talk to you all day because we do sometimes. Oh, yeah, we could talk for hours. Right, we could talk for right. hours <laughs> but you you brought up something and and it came up in one of the classes that we taught. Um, is there a time for reading the Bible? And a time for study or, um, you know, <clears throat> does every time have to be this, okay, let me open up all my tools every time I sit down to, to enjoy the Bible. Is there a reading time? No, I don't think. Oh yeah. I think, Hey, I think a reading plan is a good reading time. Okay. You want to, you know, you want to read God's word to wash over your mind and just stay in his word because the more you know about God, the more you're able to worship, the more you're able to praise, right? Mm. God's word speaks to our hearts. So I think there's a time for casual reading. And then there's a time for study, right? Like I said, teachers, mm -hmm. evangelists, pastors, right. Sunday school teachers, you know, whatever yeah. your role is in terms of, hey, you can just be a Bible study with your family or at a coffee right. shop. Right. I think those are dedicated times. And okay. I do think translations matter depending on what you're accomplishing. That's what I do. I do have translations for study. Okay. Right? These, are my, these are my core study. And then, like I said, if I'm reading the NLT, it's because it's probably more casual. Okay. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. No, very good point. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you touched on that. Um, so to recap, so the, the recap basically... Um, the Bible, we should be in it. We should be reading it. Um, there are different, um, different versions, um, <clears throat> based on what the, what the, um, the publisher, the authors were trying to accomplish in the version. So there is a perspective for, for the various versions. And 
Um, there is a time where you just soak yourself in the word, reading it, getting it in your spirit. And there's also, you can set aside a separate time for studying when you have to present. Man, this has been good. I'm telling you. Um, thank you, sir. Uh, a pleasure. You know, I'm uh, hopefully... You know, this won't be the last time you could join us on this podcast because I can think of a whole bunch of topics that I would love to go uh, go back and forth with you on. But this is definitely one of the foundational ones. If we are going to um, understand the Bible in real life, we have to be in the Bible so we can it can affect our life. All right. Any um, where can we follow you? Where can we find out a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, so you can find me. Uh, so at Elder Fitz would be Instagram and right. Twitter. I'm not a huge social media person, but I'll right. I'll post something on there every now and then. Sure. Uh, so my name is Facebook. If anybody want to find me on Facebook, you know, you feel free to send me a friend request. Also, our ministers has a YouTube page. Okay. You know, so it's called LFCC Ministers Corner. Uh, we post content from our ministers and other uh, quick videos to encourage you, sermon snippets, things of that nature. So if you want to find more of our content there, you can check us out on those uh, on those platforms. But uh, it's been a pleasure, Lee. I always enjoy talking to your brother. Man, I say we can go on for hours just talking right. about God and his word and how awesome he is. I uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with you this evening. And uh, so hopefully you, your listeners got something out of today's podcast. I am sure they did. And um, all right, this has been uh, this week's episode of The Bible in Real Life with our guest, uh, Fitz Criddle. And uh, we will see you next time. All right, bye-bye, everybody.